This is an incredible song. This is one we could harmonize if we want as a group. Okay. I'll go low. I'm going to go low, obviously. Lean on me. I missed my mark. When you're not strong, I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on, Lord. It won't be long. I'm going to need somebody to lean on. right now chills i almost came to tears right there it's like just a great song man it really is this gives me all the feels this song you can't help but sway back and forth when you hear this song just makes you want to lean on somebody it does wait just call on me brother when you need a hand we all need somebody to lean on I just might have a brother that you'd understand we all need somebody to lean on we're good we are really good especially when we harmonize bonuses that's all I'm hearing right now bonuses man that's not how this works. <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke. It's an absolute quip moment. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Cameron's to- in tears. Cameron just tweeted three smiling, crying emojis. Happy tears. Um, I really appreciated you going low for that. Like that, was, that? that was tight. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> Robbie was like, lean on me exactly. like, when you're not strong. We're in the basement. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'll be the base. I'm okay with that. Emily's going to be like, I heard you singing today. <laughs> damn right you did, baby. I hit them notes. <laughs> I can go down there. Well, now. Just letting you know. Very, yeah, very white. Yes, 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 yes. All right. To basketball. Let's get to basketball. So, uh, <laughs> Nikola Jokic, it was, it was kind of a fascinating regular season this year because Jokic was balling and Embiid was balling. And there was this, you know, Jokic doesn't deserve to win the MVP three times in a row and all of these things, all of this conversation. And uh, I would say that, you know, the Jokic disrespect is certainly a thing, and it has certainly been a thing. And for some people, it still continues. And Stephen A. Smith this week, we'll give you an example. So Stephen A. Smith is on ESPN. Yes, it's Stephen A. Smith, so take it with a grain of salt. But uh, he's going over players that, to him, are super max worthy, super contract, super max contract worthy. Now, the first guy on his list was Steph Curry. Um, so... That's uh, the number one. Then we got to number two. We know who's top two gifts to me right here. Please, hey, top, top. LeBron James, 20th year in the NBA, approaching 39 years of age. Nobody talks like still that. Still averaged about 29. Nobody talks like that. He's an entertainer. Top two all-time, it's number two all-time on my list. LeBron in the James! the history of the game of basketball. 38 years old. Fall. 
that the Lakers got. Average 29 points a game in the conference finals. But it damn sure is this fault that they got to the conference finals. Nope. <laughs> You're at a bar. That they got to the conference finals. Can I get it? Amen. Did you just break something over there? Molly. Chicken stuff. My legs are flying. I don't know what the hell's happening. My voice is dead now. I'm singing and screaming. I didn't even hear the list. What was the list? Well, that was LeBron. LeBron. Well, it's just LeBron, right? Oh, this was like five minutes long. We had that type of time. You think you think uh you you think he got that excited about a whole no, no. There's more excitement to get to. Wow. That's not that that's not exciting. it. Let's get to number three. Give me number three, please, right here. We're going to. Bam! Yeah! He's a champion, JJ. He's, he's got the resume. He knows what he brings to the table, and he wins. That's how he said it. European's got that appeal. Global appeal. Not that the NBA doesn't have global appeal. They're a global iconic brand. But you know what I'm saying. Giannis wins. I don't know what, what you're saying. International appeal. It matters. He ain't top two, though. He ain't top two, though. So shrill. <laughs> you want to hear four? I know you do. I know you want to hear four. I don't even know who two and three were. I, I, two was LeBron James. Okay. And three was or Giannis. LeBron James. Three was Giannis. Okay. Giannis Antetokounmpo. That's how I said it. Antetokounmpo. Do you want to separate those syllables? I think I threw my neck out. Oh, no. Number four. Stephen A. pinched the mirror. Number four, please, right here, please. Bam! Luka Doncic. Why? We know the kind of game he has. We know the kind of game he's brought to the table. And box office appeal matters. Okay. <laughs> Nelly 47, I thought I heard Giannis get the gumbo. <laughs> <laughs> Yannis, get the gumbo! Yannis, get the gumbo! <laughs> <laughs> it was really comprehensive analysis. <sighs> no Jokic. Yeah. Jason Tatum was five. No Jokic. Okay. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. And then you have everybody picking against Miami. You would seemingly. take Jokic over at least two, if not three, or four of those of guys. Of course you would. Maybe all five. Of course you would. What is he talking about? You, at least some of the five. Uh, and then you've got a lot of people... JJ shared this earlier. Like pretty much every, every uh, outlet outlets. That's the word I was Platform. looking for. Is that guy's body Brand. off to you on the left? <laughs> I'm sorry. Just looked up at the TV and he was, you know, like from the belly up, his chest and his shoulders were very. <laughs> he looked like he was wearing a muscle suit on his body, upper body. His body was very thin. <laughs> My man's like been his skipping legs leg his... day. <laughs> <laughs> his entire life. Mm, gotta work on them legs. So, and then you got everybody picking against the Heat. Who's more disrespected? Rami in this series. Is it Jokic or is it the Heat? I don't I have to say the Heat just because like nobody is picking the Heat. Literally, there are people out there. Eric Pinkus did. Okay, okay. But there are there are more people out there, I think, recognizing or, or starting at least starting to recognize the greatness of Nikola Jokic. Nobody is giving the Heat a chance in this series. Like like the last like the last two months have not happened. Yeah. Like they haven't taken out the Bucks, the 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 Knicks and the Celtics. Even though people ha- 
They were favored. They were the the opposition was favored to win every one of those series. Miami has been an underdog in not just every series, Nick, in almost every game that they've played so far in the playoffs. It is it's it's kind of absurd when you look at how few people it seems are giving them even a chance. I'm going to debate show you right now. Okay. The answer is Jokic. Okay. <laughs> how could you say that? The answer is Jokic, Rami. <laughs> Bam! Bam! <laughs> Look, Miami's the eight seed. And as well as they played, and as great of a story as they have been, and they truly are. Again, I can't respect them enough and, and talk glowingly enough about this team and Eric Spolstra. Did it yesterday. I've done it throughout the playoffs. I've done it throughout Jimmy Butler's tenure in Miami. They're the eight seed, man. Like, they are the underdog. When you have the eight seed versus the one seed, the vast majority of people are going to pick the one seed. That's not a shot at Miami. It's it's just how sports goes. Like, eight seed, one seed. You're going to pick the one seed nine times out of ten. Unless one seed is dealing with a bunch of injuries, which Denver is not. And nobody is, like, outright dismissing them. No one's saying they don't have a chance. No one. Not, I don't know how many people out of the out know. of the many are saying it's a sweep. People keep putting the caveat on it. Like I know I haven't picked them yet, and I understand they're but, a very but, good team. Jokic, but... Jokic won back to back MVPs, and maybe should have had back to back to back. But I'm saying. So what I'm saying is his level is is higher than Miami's. So like to to. But I think people are recognizing that. I think more people are recognizing that than are recognizing what the Heat have done. But it's not about what the Heat have done. It's about what you think the Heat are going to do against this team. Sure. Like, you can't predict that Miami's going to shoot like 70% on open looks like they did in the Eastern Conference Finals. You can't predict that Caleb Martin and Gabe Vincent are going to shoot 50-plus percent from three when they've never done that in their career. Like, it's a great story, but the job is to look at the matchups and to give your best guess. That's what a prediction is. It's a guess. You're looking at the matchups, you're looking at the talent, and you're and saying, way, I, uh, I'm guessing this team is going to win. I picked the Nuggets. Jokic can't guard a chair. Jokic can't guard a chair. <laughs> I love The brother <laughs> is something special. The brother <laughs> is something special. I love the pronun- pronunciation of chair. Chair. Jokic can't guard a chair. <laughs> Him downstairs. <laughs> Reminds me of Bernie Mac. Him downstairs. Just in case I'm That's all. That's outstanding. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> all right. JJ says we got to go because we got a guest. Oh, we do. Um, oh, it's Matt Barrows. He joins us in 90 seconds. Cattles. And Rami. Sattow Sports. Rest in power, left eye. Had a big crush on her. Not the whole burning the house down thing, but I was a chili guy. I really like chili. Didn't mind chili. Fan. Uh, well, it's I was a T boss guy. Let's really? Just, all right, let's just point this out. Equal opportunity with TLC. They're all beautiful women and talented. It's just something about Lisa. Always got me. Hey, teach their own. Indeed. All right, let's get to uh, Matt Barrows. We'll see who, uh, who he and TLC likes TLC. in a minute. Yeah. But first, let me uh, tell all of you that uh, Matt Barrows on the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop. Uh, of course, he covers the Niners for the Athletic. Matt Barrows, TLC, which one you got? 
Well, I would definitely get the fire insurance if. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, spring, spring for the uh, the extra coverage, I, I would say. No doubt about that, uh, Matt. We were talking earlier on the show about Chris Forster and, and what he had to say about Burford and McKivitz on the right side of the line. Were you surprised that, for all intents and purposes, it sounded like he was ruling out competition on that right side? Yeah, I mean, I think what he was trying to say is he, he wants to send the message to these guys that, um, you know, just go out there and practice and don't worry about the competition uh, because he realizes that, uh, you know, there are going to be mistakes and it's not going to be perfect, especially in the spring. Obviously, you want to see it get a little bit better as you get into the summer and through the preseason and whatnot. But um, his point is it's just going to take a lot of uh, reps, a lot of snaps with the first team uh, in order for these guys to get good and that they shouldn't be looking behind them. And so I think that's what uh, was sort of behind what he was saying. And, you know, at first blush, you think, oh, he's just doing this to sort of build confidence and it's coach speak. Uh, but, you know, he, he said the same things last year about two guys that we had no idea about. Aaron Banks, who had played, I think it was something like five snaps as a rookie. Second round pick, seemed like a bust. Uh, and then Jake Brendel, who no, I had to continue to kind of look at the website to see whether it was spelled D-E-L or D-L-E. <laughs> I mean, that's, how, that's how anonymous he was yeah. at this point last year. And both of those guys played really well. So... My point is that um, uh, Furster does have a track record in, in saying these things. He knows it. He's one of the more experienced offensive line coaches out there uh, uh, available. So w- when he talks about Burford and he talks about McKivitz, um, it, it you have to give him the benefit of the doubt. The, the latest on the quarterback situation, we heard from John Lynch, who said that they were incredibly encouraged by Brock Purdy's first throwing session since March 10th elbow surgery how much stock do you should we put in in what they're telling us about Brock Purdy and and his progress or should we just sit back and wait and see when this guy is is ready to throw footballs in in a competitive fashion again yeah I mean I think it's it's the latter um you know the the fact that he was throwing yesterday it's still May uh when he had that uh that surgery on March March 10, they had circled, the 49ers had circled the first week in June. So I think it was next week that they had circled for, you know, the first time that he picks up a football and throws the football. Uh, so he's a little bit ahead of schedule in that regard. So, I mean, that, I think that's what's behind uh, those encouraging words from John Lynch, that not only is he hitting all the marks so far, uh, but uh, he's slightly ahead of the game a bit. So, you know, if that continues to ring true, you know, we're talking some at some point during training camp where he comes back and he's able to, you know, put the full uniform on and go through a uh, a full practice with this team. And if that's the case, let's say it's I'm just I'm just pulling a a date out at random, but let's say it's August 20. Uh if it's August 20, then, you know, that first game is September 10. That's uh, that's thirty days. So, uh, or that's twenty days. Sorry, <laughs> my math is, uh, is not great. But I still think that that's enough time where you think, okay, if he's back at at, at August twenty, I think it's it's probably safe to say that uh, it's shaping up like he's going to be the starter for that first game in Pittsburgh. Matt Barrows is with us. Matt Brennan Ayuk talking big said he's ready to take off. 
Uh, what are reasonable expectations for you with Ayuk if he stays healthy? I mean, the guy had 1,200 uh, receiving yards uh, this, this past season. Yeah. Uh, and so he's he's been able to string together two really good off seasons. And, you know, the longer I've been covering the NFL, the more – kind of stock I take in that like is is the guy spending his offseason rehabbing is he spending the offseason in a contract dispute uh that usually means that that guy is not going to have a spectacular year Ayuk has hit the ground running uh in in or certainly did last year and he seems to be on that same course this year so I can only imagine that that plus the fact that he's got another year in this offense means that um, he could ratchet that number up. I mean, I, I don't want to put a, a number out there, but uh, 1,200 yards is nothing to sneeze at. Uh, you know, 1,400, 1,500 would be the next step, and I think he's he's absolutely capable of uh, of doing that. Where do you see we, – we, we've been told there isn't really competition on the right side of the line. We, we know the competition at quarterback should Brock Purdy not be ready for week one. Outside of that, where do you see the the real position battles where where jobs are 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 there for the taking for guys? Well, tight end is interesting. I mean, obviously there's there's one guy who's uh, who's guaranteed a starting spot, George Kittle, and then you know for the last few years it's been some fairly anonymous guys behind him, Charlie Warner and, and Ross Dwelly, and last year Tyler Croft. Um, it's going to be interesting to see whether they're two draft picks, uh, a, a third rounder. Cameron Latu, and then a seventh-rounder, Braden Willis, whether they can sort of dislodge the, the two guys who are, are there right now. So it's not a, a, a glamour position, but it's a position that's going to get on the field quite a bit um, and, 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 and a lot if, uh, if Kittle uh, should have an injury. So that's a, that's a, a spot to watch. Uh, the other cornerback spot, the Amador Lenore has looked really good uh, so far in OTAs, and he's coming off a, a really strong playoff performance as well. But um, you know, towards the end of the season, that was that was a big question mark whether uh, Lenore could be a starter, whether he was better suited to be a nickel cornerback or an outside guy. Um, it seems like he's going to hold on to that spot, but there's a lot of jockeying behind them. Um, uh, they drafted a guy named Daryl Luter, who's who's looked good so far. Ambry Thomas has to step up. He was a third rounder. A couple of years ago, so these are. I mean, I'm, I'm describing sort of uh, second tier uh, spots, backup spots, but that's that's sort of where the 49ers are. They're a very complete team, uh, and so it's these these backup jobs that uh, where, where you're seeing most of the competition. Matt, we appreciate you. We appreciate your time, my man. Great stuff. Let's do this again soon. All right, sounds good, guys. Talk to you soon. Thank Thanks, you, Matt. Uh, Matt Barrows from The Athletic. Of course, he covers the 49ers on the uh, Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop. It'll be interesting. I mean, it, th- this this roster is pretty much set, like like Matt said. And I mean, stacked. aside from injuries, uh, you're in a good spot. I still have my questions about quarterback, but, you know, when you look at the 53, you got to feel really good. Coming up, it's time to take one of the best of all time to task with who's to blame. Who did what and why? Who are you pointing the finger at? It's not whether you win or lose. It's how you place the blame. It's who to blame. On Cattles and Rami. We'll get to who's to blame in a minute. But first, we were talking about the A's earlier in the show. And this uh, genius idea from John Fisher that he's apparently at least entertaining. 
and having the uh, first pitch in Vegas, if they get to Vegas, to uh, be at 4 o'clock for when home game. When it's good and hot out. Because he's, uh, he's very concerned about tourism season. He doesn't so he want to compete with the other entertainment. Wants to make sure that, uh, you know, worried about the Vegas A's fans or the Oakland A's fans. Nah, we focus on the tourists who are coming in. That's, that's who you should be focused on. And uh, Kevin had something to say about the A's. So let's go to Kevin. Hey, Kevin. What's up, Kev? Hey, everybody. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. So uh, after that dude circled the bases uh, at the Coliseum, uh, the A's signed him to a three-year deal. He's the new left fielder. <laughs> hey, star left fielder. Starting left he fielder. He can move. He was getting around the bases pretty quick. Yeah. Need some speed so, out there. Uh, I'm, a diehard, I'm a diehard A's fan, and this season is cruel and unusual punishment, and Fisher's to blame. And it's just, it's sad. It's truly sad. And I'm, I'm about to jump ship to the Giants. To the Giants. You know, uh, thanks for the phone call, Kevin. I appreciate it. And oh, look, dare oh him! Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, I asked JJ, "What does oh, he do?" I was like, "Do you go out. to the Giants?" And he almost, he almost slapped me when I asked him that. I didn't think that was an option. All right, but if you love baseball, I know, and you're bailing on the this, A's. This is what I asked JJ. Where, where do, do you go? go? I don't know. Any other team than the than the Giants? No, no Dodgers. Can't get, go Dodgers. Padres? That's, that's probably your closest. Hmm. Seattle? Yeah, but then you got to deal with Kyle. What about Seattle? <laughs> what about the Mariners? They're not too far north. Thank you, Simone. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I would go, like, across country. I would pick, like, the Marlins, like someone really deep and far out there. Another team with a clown show of ownership? Oh, uh, that's true. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I'm still learning. They pulled the same crap to get the new stadium in Miami that, yeah. that that John Fisher is trying to pull right now. And that fish tank always made me sad. Just think about how many just bad no-shot franchises are in Major League Baseball compared to other leagues. No, it's you're Tampa, right. Tampa, Miami, mm-hmm. Oakland because of ownership. No, you're right. You're 100% good right. on the field, though. And that is true. They've but- been pretty good on the field over the last five, ten years. Well, I'm saying right now, present day. Well, they're good. Tampa's you say? good right. Tampa. Oh, Tampa. Tampa's yeah. good Tampa, right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, they, I mean, they. Yeah, they're they their stadium. They can't and fill everything. the stadium, right. and it's a, again, they were thinking they were talking about splitting between Montreal and and Tampa a couple of years ago. Maybe I'll be a Montreal Expo fan. Rob Manfred. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Rob Manfred in Major League Baseball. I, I keep on Sweet making ass logo. I keep on making this point. They just have no problem with with organizations. Yeah, they don't. Flat out disrespecting their fan base. They don't. They don't care. And by the way, speaking of Montreal, I, I have a lot of family in Montreal. Went to a bunch of Expos games. We used to go up there all the time. Fun city. Uh, terrible baseball city. Like all this, all this nostalgia about bring the Expos back to Montreal. T- they didn't support their team. It's a terrible baseball city. Cool uniforms. They had some good players and some fun teams, but they don't deserve to have a team either. Terrible baseball city. They don't even want it. They don't even like baseball up there. I can tell you from experience. Ariel Helwani disagrees. Okay. He likes Montreal? I'm from there. He's from Montreal. Is he? Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, wee wee. He's a Canadian. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> wee wee. Oh, wee wee. Like, like he's from Paris. <laughs> How do I make it sound more? They are super pretentious with their Wait. French up there, a? I can tell you. You could say A. A? A? Is he? Yeah. A? All anyway. my cousins do A at the end of a sentence. All right, uh, let's get to who's to blame. Did you just ask me a question? Let's get back to that. Uh, we're going to talk some college football chaos here. Transfer portals, NIL, realignment, all that good stuff. Been happening over the last few years in college football. And uh, Nick Saban 
head coach of uh, Alabama, was uh, speaking with the media this week about the NIL, and here's what uh, Saban had to say. Name, image, and likeness is a good thing for players to have the opportunity to make money. But when it turns into pay for play, then now you're getting into a different area. And I think when you start talking about players being employees, uh, you're talking about unions, uh, you're talking about now you're getting paid for something, you have to pay tax. You know, I, I made the statement years ago, and I got very criticized for it, is this what we want college football to become? So now it's kind of becoming that. And uh, I don't think it's going to be a level playing field uh, because some people were showing a willingness to spend more than others. All right, so before we get to the whole who's to blame for the college Hmm. football chaos, can I just point out that there has always been There has always been a power structure within major college sports, especially and specifically college football. The SEC has always had the upper hand. If if you've ever seen Alabama football's facility, it's an NFL facility, folks. Each player in the locker room has a video game console. They've got all this special lighting. There's a pool with like a fountain. I'm not kidding. I'm right. not making this up. ESPN did That's a whole factual. Yeah, those are all facts right there. Of it. LSU yesterday got air conditioned helmets. Yeah, so like, for their program, whether it's NIL or whatever, like these schools have always had the upper hand because they have just a crazy endowment. They also have crazy boosters. It's all that they live for down in Alabama and LSU. Like so, this was going to exist. This this hierarchy was going to exist no matter what. No matter what. I think, like, these coaches, they just get upset because they feel like they're losing power. Oh, That's adorable. Mm-hmm. But, Rami, who's to blame for the college football chaos? The NCAA, the Nick Sabans of the world. That, that, that's who's to blame. It's hilarious to me that he says that there's not going to be a level playing field. Like, there has ever been a level playing field. I think the number I read today was 12 teams, 12 programs have won a national championship in college football since the year 2000. That That's your level playing field right there. Yeah. Is that 12 teams actually have a legit chance to win a, to, to win a national championship in, in that sport. Of the hundreds of college programs that are out there. Dude, the level, level playing field was never level. It's, it's never been level. And you, you know... How you can tell when there might be a shift in power or power structure, it's when those in power start to complain. It, and and Nick Saban is is among the, the most powerful men in the world of college sports, and he hears the footsteps, man. If anything, this, this does level the playing field. If you can get donors and boosters and everybody else at some of these smaller schools to match some of the money that yeah. Alabama... And by the way... I'll, I'll just go ahead and make this accusation. The Alabamas of the world and other big programs, they've been paying players for a long, long time now. Now everybody no. else now everybody else can too. Wait Stop a minute. It. So college athletes are getting money? And by the way. No how, way. They were getting like places to that were rented out for them. They were driving new vehicles on campus. No way. I haven't heard I haven't heard Nick Saban lament the the twenty some players that Deion Sanders Sent spiraling in, into the portal, Listen, into the transfer we're not portal. Gonna, we're not going to get into that because I've been waiting no, and waiting they got, to they blast got, Colorado for like a couple of weeks. Instead, now. they got rewarded with primetime games. It's uh, that's cool. 
I'm, I'm, I, for one, shocked and chagrined that the five-star prospect that was driving around the brand-new SUV on campus a few years ago when he came from a, a very poor background uh, had that vehicle course. paid for him. I can't, I can't imagine that. I can't imagine huh? that's the case. Oh, working in the bookstore, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> they pay well in they Alabama. They pay good in that bookstore. Damn, I was Damn. working in the cafeteria wow. at URI. I didn't have that kind of money. Why was I delivering Should have went to pizzas. the bookstore, Nick. Should have went to the bookstore. <laughs> Uh, look, it's it's all the big-time college football decision-makers. Again, the conference imbalances have been a thing for a long time now. This is nothing new. Uh, and you also took too long to change. You, you, you took too long to change allowing players to transfer. You took too long to change going over the stipend garbage and all of that because you didn't want to pay the players. And then you came up with the NIL because it was forced down your throat because you knew it was going to happen. And so what happened because of that? Well, because you waited, because you wanted to hold on to your power with every last breath, mm-hmm. the transfer portal and the NIL happened within that amount of time. And so now you're being crushed by both major changes because you couldn't plan or didn't want to plan. And also just the the, the nonstop adulation, the big-time crazy contracts handed out to these major college football head coaches – Building these college football head coaches as if they're deities. Like, this is what happens, man. Like, you, you, you've built a monster, and now yep. there's a little bit of pushback to the monster, and the monster's getting upset. Oh, freaking well. Ego and greed, that's what we see. The players have deserved their hand in the till for a long time. I'm glad they're getting paid for being on video games finally. I'm glad they're getting paid to do sponsorships and all this stuff. Good. Because these major college programs have made so much money off the backs of guys that never made a single dime legally for years and years and decades and decades and generations and generations. Mm-hmm. He's the worst. <laughs> Not a fan of Nick Really Sam, don't huh? like that, dude. All right, we got... And by uh, the way, if that was a reporter's phone that went off mid-press conference... JJ said it was Saban. That was Nick Saban's no, I know, phone. that's what I'm saying. If it was a reporter's... Oh, he would have went crazy. Nick Saban would have leaned into that, dude. Would not have let him hear. Could we be professional, please? Like, was Can the you mic- please turn on your Was telephone? the microphone in his pocket next to the phone? It was, like, it was in his back pocket. It's, it's, really loud. it's a loud And ringer. I actually edited the whole point where he couldn't turn it off. Like, he's oh. he's OG. Oh, man, I don't even know how to turn it off. <laughs> Leave it in the office, then, uh, old man. All right, we got some ESPN pundit on pundit crime. Some can't miss audio next. Oh, you're my best friend. I don't really know a lot of the words to this one. That's all I got, too. <laughs> you guys nailed that part, though. Yeah, we did. Just good vibes Rest over here. Rest in power, Freddie Mercury. Yes, absolutely. He was so good. Yeah, he was. He really was. Could be argued. Best lead vocalist frontman ever for a rock band. Ooh, that's an extensive list right there. Yeah, I, know. That's, that's, I know. That's JJ's arguably Busta Rhymes yes. is the best yeah, pretty much. rapper from the East Coast. <laughs> you could argue, but you're probably you, you, you're, you're trying to go up the hill there, right? <laughs> He's really good, man. He's really, really good. He was really, really good. Oh, man. Mm. That's too bad. Yep. Can I make a uh, song request, Jay, if it wasn't already in the uh, Is that what rotation? we're doing now? Maybe. Uh, is that what we're Why doing? can't we be friends? Why? But you, you should do it on air. Oh. Okay. I find that to be disrespectful to JJ. We're doing friend songs. Like, I, I trust JJ. We're doing friend songs. That's one of my favorite friend songs. Why can't we be friends? 
I don't even know who sings it. I just love the song. Are you requesting something? You don't even know who. Got at least give me the information, Rami. Why can't we be friends? Help him out, Nick. Uh, help him out. I'll Google it. I don't know off the top of my head. I should know. No, not help him out on the song. <laughs> just help him out. <laughs> in life. Just in life. War. Song by War. War. Yes. Oh, okay. You're going to ruin it right now. Supposed to wait, and then we play it, and then you do that. I'm going to give you your flowers. That was a good suggestion. Thank you, Simone. You're welcome. Me and Simone very much on the same page today. Positive vibes, Appreciate you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Well, thank you. JJ and I don't appreciate anything. (laughs) Appreciate a damn thing. Just want to make that. I appreciate you and JJ as well. All right, so there's a there's nothing a lot, but love here today. There's a lot of uh, what should the Celtics do takes Rami out there. A lot of a lot of questions about the Celtics. Yes, it's, and most of them are about Jalen Brown's future and whether or not it would make sense for the Celtics to trade Jalen Brown. It feels like this has been a question that has been asked roughly seven thousand four hundred and seventy two times over the last two or three years. But here we are again. Here we are again. A lot of people wondering, uh, of, especially after. Brown's game seven against the Heat the other night. He was yeah, brutal. Brown. Yeah, Brown. Thank you. Um, he had the eight turnovers. He was brutal. He was brutal, really, that entire series. He was he was just bad. Uh, and, and now he's staring down the barrel of a Supermax contract extension because he made the All-NBA team. Mm-hmm. He made the second team this year. So uh, a lot of money. Celtics looking at a lot of money between you know Tatum and Brown paying two guys, Supermax contracts. It's big-time investment. So a lot of conversation about Jalen Brown. And Chris Mad Dog Russo was on ESPN this week. And uh, here he was listing 20 players that he would take before he would take Jalen Brown. Right off top, I'm Durant, yeah. Curry, Embiid, Tatum, Giannis, Booker, Lillard, Jokic, Donkic, <laughs> Butler, mm. Butler, mm. the OKC kid. What's his name? Alexander. Murray. Two different Butlers. Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Kawhi. George. Oh, my God. Kawhi's better than... That's not fair. You guys... That's not fair. That's not fair. That's not fair. George. I'm not sure. You said Paul George? Can you yes. guys let him finish? Morant. <laughs> Morant. LeBron. AD. Anthony Edwards. And one of my all-time favorites... Kyrie. <laughs> I love how he ends it on Kyrie. On uh, one of my all-time hands. <laughs> Kyrie. I don't know why I could listen to Mad Dog just list off NBA players all day. You've I don't even waiting. know. I'm not. I'm not a big Mad Dog guy, but I could listen to him just just reel off NBA players all day long. You've been waiting for that soundbite for like 24 hours. I hope it was everything you were hoping for. Durant. Durant. LeBron. <laughs> my favorite of all time. One of my favorite of all time. Kyrie. Uh, here was uh, JJ Reddick's response to uh, Mad Dog's list. Mad Dog, I just want to say one thing. Can I say one thing? Yes. This entire conversation started because I said he was a top 20, 20 to 25 player, which means he's not ninth. He's in the 20 to 25 range. Yes. You've named 20 really good players, but you are the absolute worst. <laughs> Why Paul George and Kyrie on that list ahead of Jalen Brown? <laughs> when all you do is complain about their availability, right. stop it, man. That's right. The, no, I'm, exactly. not, I'm not debating well, whether. Those, I'm he's not, right. Hold on. I'm not debating whether or not those guys are more talented than Jalen Brown, but Jalen Brown plays. 
Jalen Brown's available. And you, can't, game, you can't have it both ways, buddy. And again, and I said all those plays. I just want to say, Mad Dog, okay? Uh, you named some really good players. And I said that Jalen Brown was, you know, 20 to 25, which doesn't mean that he was nine. Yeah, somewhere between 20 and 25. And you named 20 really good players, but uh, you're the absolute worst. You're the absolute worst. Yes. I, I know Hulk Hogan, big leg right there. I, I know people take exception with things J.J. Reddick says, including Kings fans. He's had not flattering things to say about the Kings, and then he, he backtracks and tries to take them back later. So we've, we've been in a love-hate relationship with J.J. Reddick here, but every time I see him sitting at a desk with Mad Dog, J.J. Reddick is all of us. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? He's just sitting there thinking the same thing that we all are. You're the absolute worst. <laughs> and that was a great delivery, too. Because he sits there and he listens to Mad Dog and others, <laughs> you know, make points. And then there's no there's no accountability on those shows no. unless you have somebody that's keeping track, keeping score, and keeps the accountability. And that's what J.J. did on Mad Dog, and Mad Dog wasn't ready for it. <laughs> You're the absolute worst. You're the absolute worst. But you are the absolute worst. There are a lot of bad, bad actors in this play, but you, but my you, friend, sir, are, are the, the absolute, absolute worst. worst. You are the absolute worst. <laughs> I bet you felt like saying that to me once or twice here on the show. I think no. you have said that to I me once or twice. Yeah, jest. <laughs> I think JJ meant it. Like JJ's like, no, you are the absolute worst. Um, that was terrific. So, <laughs> how many of those guys? You're 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 Boston, Nick. Yeah, and I you, I like how we we'll often be like, look, I'm not going to sit here and list off 20, 25 guys. Like when we when we have these discussions, not off the top. But of my head. Mad, Mad Dog was like, yeah, I'll name off 20, 25 guys. Sure, that'll be entertaining television. <laughs> but, <laughs> of those twenty. <laughs> <laughs> he do he do a hundred names if you wanted him to. Uh, MB. How many of hey. those? How many of those guys would yeah. you yeah. put ahead of Jalen Brown? Booker. I don't know. Leonard. I'd have Leonard. to. I'd have to go Leonard. through. I'd have to go Leonard. through the whole list. Um, I mean, generally speaking, probably. He's top fifteen, top twenty. Yeah, I'd say right? I could probably put. List them off. 13, 14. List them off, man. Of them. No, no. <laughs> Jokic. Embiid. LeBron. And one Durant. of my all-time favorites, Kyrie. Kyrie. Booker. <laughs> one, of my all, one of my all-time favorites, Kyrie. You know what? You know what Mad Dog has, though? And and a lot of guys in our business who are who are very prominent and successful, Nick, they have this. And I said this about Colin Cowherd a couple of weeks ago. It's part of their magic when they say absurd things with the utmost confidence. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like when he goes, hey, one of my all-time favorites, Kyrie. Like, Kyrie. like he just said something profound. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he just like one of my, he just one of my all-time it. favorites. Like drop the mic, Kyrie. <laughs> drop the mic on the that OKC one. Kid. What's his name? Jake the OKC kid. What's his name? What's his name? I didn't even catch that the first time. Hey, 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 hey. What's his name? <laughs> He's got dudes in his top 20 who he doesn't even know their names. Yeah. The OKC kid, what's his name? The OKC he, kid. He said Durant twice as well, right? Did he? Yes. Me and Nick looked at each okay. other. I thought he said Durant, Durant. once and Morant once. Uh, Was it Durant twice? 
I thought he said Butler twice, listen, but then there's a couple times Butler. he reset okay, himself. That's right. Dylon, 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 Dylon. <laughs> because I spit hot fire. Who are your top 20, Chris? Durant, 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 Durant. All right. Wow. Oh, God. <laughs> just the utmost confidence while just being absurd. And, and here's, silliness. here's the uh, here's the the reality of this the situation with Brown. And we yeah have, Brown yeah thank you no problem. We we have this conversation all the time with players in all sports, and we have this conversation with Kings fans about some of you know the Kings players and wanting to trade for this guy, trade for that. It's very very difficult to trade a top fifteen player even top 20 player in the NBA. It's very difficult to trade one of those guys and actually get better. And so that's the challenge, right? Yeah. Like, the Celtics were one game away from going to back-to-back finals. It's very difficult to do that. And if you're going to trade Jalen Brown, and by the way, I would keep him. If you're wondering, I would keep JB and JT together. Um, But if if you were going to trade Jalen Brown, I tweeted this out earlier today at Nick C Radio, at Rami is tweeting, um, there's literally like four or five guys that might make sense from an age standpoint, contract standpoint, fit with the team, and all of that. It's like Mikael Bridges, it's SGA, it's Jaron Jackson Jr., Laurie Markinen is a name that I think is interesting, Evan Mobley in Cleveland. Like, there's four or five guys. You're not going to trade him for, like, Dame Lillard, who's going to make 60-plus million dollars in a few years. Like, it's just, you're not going to. He's He's 26 years old. He's a two-way wing who was on the second team All-NBA. It's very difficult to trade somebody like that and improve your basketball team while doing it. Yeah, he's not going anywhere. So that, that's that's what gets lost in the sauce all the time. All right, with the top spot coming up. Cattles. And Rami. Sacktown Sports.